Welcome to a dog's best friend. How's everyone? This is series two, episode three already. Are you ready? Let's do this. So we were in Italy last week. We visited Genova, Pisa, Cinque Terre. Italy is so beautiful. The food, the people, the piazzas, the ice cream, and the dogs. There was dogs everywhere. Um, most of them on the lead and the street. Interestingly, following our chat from episode one of this series a couple of weeks back, um, they were all great at ignoring each other's and uh, they were just walking, looking cool. Um, now, I hope they had access to parks and gardens to run around and have fun off lead. But I must say, I could not fault their calm and cool behavior on the lead uh, on the beautiful and sunny streets of Italy. On this episode, I am replying to Fiona, who sent this message a few weeks ago. Hi, Oli. Hi, Fiona. My dog, Bambo, is a four-year-old Border Terrier. He is the love of my life. They always say that. A couple of days ago, I had friends over for dinner. And as we went to the front room to play games after dinner, Bambo managed to get on the kitchen table and ate everything that was left on the table. That included a large part of a cheese platter, cheese biscuits, and some apple tart. I dread to think what could have happened if I had served grapes with the cheese or a chocolate pudding. He could have intoxicated himself. He's never done this before, and he would have never done it if we had been in a room with him. I told him off at the time, he looked guilty. But then I watched your YouTube video about guilt in dogs and I realized now he was in fact just scared of me because I was angry. What should I have done? Well, Fiona, thank you for this great question. I will tell you my thoughts on that. Uh, this will also lead me to talk about the concept of wrong versus right as opposed to safe versus dangerous. Why do dogs do certain things while their humans are not around? And how can this be avoided? I would also remind you about a terrible accident. I wasn't sure I was going to mention it during the podcast, but actually I think it's important that I do. You may remember it was, I think it was last year, when a nine-year-old boy called Frankie was attacked and killed by a dog in a caravan in Cornwall. Um, how is this all related? Well, you just wait and I will tell you all very shortly. Before we get on, let me tell you a little bit more about my sponsor, the lovely dog food butternut box and their special offers to you for the next two weeks only. My dog Bernard has been on butternut box for years. He became so much happier, calmer, and even more polite almost instantly once on butternut box. As a behaviorist, I know that a great diet is a massive part of your dog's good health and happiness. Just like us, what we eat makes a huge difference to how we feel. Think how much better you feel after eating a freshly cooked meal rather than processed food. Butternut Box is just that, freshly cooked meals with top quality ingredients from the UK and Ireland. So how about the special offer I hear you say? Well, for the next two weeks and for the next two weeks only, instead of the usual already generous 50% off, the lovely bunch of Butternut Box is offering you a whopping 75% off your first box of Butternut. The discount code is the same as usual, but this very special offer will only last until Friday the 6th of March 2020. Use butternutbox.com forward slash a dog's best friend. So simple. 
buttonandbox.com forward slash a dog's best friend. Answer a few questions and boom. Now back to Fiona. If you remember, Fiona is asking for help after discovering that her beloved border terrier, Bombo, had indulged in the leftover of a cheese platter, some cheese biscuit, and some apple tart um, that were left on the dining table while she and her friends were in another room playing games. What games were you playing, Fiona, I wonder? Uh, you didn't say. She said... Bambo had never done this before, and he would have never done this if she had been in a room with him. She told him off at the time, he looked guilty, but then she watched my YouTube video on uh, guilt in dogs. Thank you for watching, Fiona. And realized that, in fact, he was just scared of her because she was shouting at him. What we have here is not a bad dog, but a very clever and brave opportunist. A dog to my own heart, actually. I would have probably done the same. Sneak back in a room and finish some cheese. Um, now, of course, we could expect more appropriate behavior from Bembo. And indeed, if Fiona had served grapes or chocolate pudding, Bembo could have been in a lot of trouble. We could have been dead, really. So, so what to do? Well, to start with, uh, telling him off was clearly not helpful. Um, you know that now, Fiona. Uh, especially, especially that... Now, multiple studies and research have proven that dogs do not understand the difference between wrong and right. Arguably, I don't think humans do either. I know it's hard to put your heads around it. I was, I was at a dinner party the other day and I felt I had to tell this guy about, about this um, and explain to him, um, he was talking about his dog looking guilty, that um, he was not understanding wrong versus right, but instead he was uh, fearful of the human's reaction towards him and the shouting. And so we talked about this and he was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is so interesting. Chat, 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 research, research, research. And then a few minutes later, he goes on and goes, but my dog though, I think he really knows he's done wrong. <laughs> it's so hard when you start to anthropomorphize your dogs to, to really step away from this. But it's so important if you want your, actually, I should say, if we want our relationship with our dogs to be one that is healthier, we have to stop anthropomorphizing our dogs and really understanding their behavior for what it is. Anyway, now that's clarified, uh, how about the behavior itself? Well, first of all, it's important to make sure that our dogs don't get or don't have opportunities to make such mistakes. It is our responsibility to do so. Most animals will always pick up the most attractive choice and therefore uh, may well make the wrong decision when confronted with two choices. Do you remember the ad Daddy or Chips? It was this little girl who was just wondering all day long, Daddy or Chips, Daddy or Chips, Daddy or Chips. It was such a great ad. And at the end, I remember, and, I, and at the end, I don't remember her dad telling her off for that. It was, uh, it was clearly her choice. Humans may sometimes make the right decision because we understand the concept of instant or late gratification. Uh, I'm not going to have that cake because perhaps I'd like to lose weight. Uh, but dogs don't think that way. Sure, I'll have that cake. And yet, let's perhaps remind ourselves that uh, I don't think poor judgment is solely a dog thing. We make poor choices too. And because when we do, we may get punished, we assume the same applies to dogs. Um, but I will say it again. Dogs do not understand the difference between right and wrong. So when you tell them off, you are just scaring them. 
Again, refer to my YouTube video about um, that look of guilt in dogs. You will also find the details of many research done on that subject at the end of that video. So over the years, not giving the dog opportunities to make a mistake is actually a really good way to train because if the behavior is one, not rehearsed and two, not naturally reinforced, then the behavior will not start. So for the first few years, you need to start by managing your dog's environment. As Sarah White had said in the last episode, predict and prevent. We do this with kids, right? God, we do this with ourselves. Uh, mustn't buy chocolate cookies, otherwise I will eat them in a moment of weakness. And we find that totally normal. Why should we have different standards for our dogs? You probably keep chemicals and uh, medication out of reach of children, right? Same with dogs. What I find really helps is training impulse control with young puppies or even with adult dog. Um, but when I train impulse control, I always make it really clear to my clients that um, we're not going to just ask the dog to leave the item with using for training, let's say a, a piece of cheese, and then he can have it. Just like you would perhaps give the dog his dinner and expect him to wait until you say, okay, you can go now before you have his dinner. When I do impulse control, the dog never, ever gets it. Of course, while using positive reinforcement, the dog is being hugely rewarded with multiple markers and rewards for ignoring a potential very attractive item. Now, where we may start experiencing problems is when or if we decide to not use positive reinforcement and opt for punishment-based training instead. Why is this a problem, some say? Um, I've told the dog off and it stops, right? House bells, no! The real problem with using punishment, I say the real problem, there are plenty of reasons why you should not use punishment. It's old fashioned, it's gauche, it doesn't promote you as a dog safe place, and so much more. But the problem I want to mention today is what when you use punishment, you don't train your dog a strategy. Instead, you are implying to your dog, don't do this because I am here. I am the reason why you should not do this. Otherwise, you will be told off or you will get a tap on the nose, or worse. With this message, the dog doesn't think. Instead, he responds to fear. Other may say, so what's the problem with that, you know? Well, the problem is that the second you're not around, the potential telling off goes away, and the dog feels free to demonstrate the behaviors that feels the most natural or safe to him. So Fiona was playing in a room next door, no one was watching, Bamboo thought, I'll have the brie, thank you very much, yum yum. So you can see the thinking process here. So to recap, either you, one, tidy the cheese up or finish it up crying out loud it's cheese, two, take Bamboo with you and close the door, or three, train your dog to demonstrate incredible impulse control through training. What in my eyes is not an option is um, just hoping for the best, then tell the dog off for doing something totally natural to most animals. Now with Bumbo, it was just a bit of cheese, right? But it could have been a lot worse. What if a punishment was used to stop a dog demonstrating uncertainty or fear to totally legitimate feelings towards other dogs, some people, children? Uncertainty, fear that the dog will communicate through growling or barking, 
Now, what if a punishment is used then? So the accident I was referring to earlier on happened in uh, 2019. Uh, it was all over the news. And actually, you can still find um, details of this really tragic accident on BBC News website. Um, it was a kill called Frankie was attacked. Actually, I can read from the website. The 10-year-old boy died when he was attacked by a bulldog-type dog at a holiday park, police said. Police were called to a caravan holiday park just before 5 a.m. to report the boys was unresponsive. Frankie had been left alone in a caravan while adults were in an adjoining caravan, they said. Now, all I know about this case is what we can all read on the BBC News website. But I remember really clearly at the time that all the news were talking about was the type of dog involved, when I feel that instead we should have shed a light on the type of training that was used. No one talked about that. You can simply explain what goes on in a dog's brain. Child approaches the dog, a young dog perhaps. Dog is unsure, so decides to send a warning sign, say a growl. The owner feels embarrassed or worried about this behavior and decides to tell the dog off tap on the nose, or something even more powerful like electrical shock collar. Dog dislikes the stimuli, so decides to stay quiet. But how does the dog feel inside? What do you think is the dog's emotional state when it comes to meeting children after this experience? The dog, well, he's still unsure about children. Clearly, we've done nothing to help the poor guy. But now he doesn't demonstrate any warning signs anymore. Yay, right? Oh, wait. What? Yes, exactly. If my dog is uncomfortable in a situation, wherever it may be, I want to know so I can do something about it. This happens so often in the news or when clients with dogs, uh, with behavioral cases will talk to me. When they recall the incident, they sometimes say they turn their back or they were in another room. So in the spirit of being our dog's safe place, we need to give our dogs strategies. I know it's awkward when your dog uh, reacts, but you must be on his side and help him, not telling him off. Remember, you must be his safe place. At the time, on the TV and in a newspaper, people were saying, oh, it's, it was all about socialization, or actually, in that case, lack of socialization. And yes, of course, socialization is vital. But if the type of training that we use alongside socialization is not appropriate, then socialization is pointless. Now, I forgive anyone who didn't know any better before. This podcast is a safe place for everyone. But now you know, now research have proven that kindness and training through positive techniques is not only more efficient and faster, it is also safer for everyone involved. Please, I beg you, stop punishing Start training and communicating instead. Bambo and that poor dog in the holiday park actually demonstrated the same behavior. No humans around, no risk to be told off or punished. I can be myself. You know you should not speed up behind the wheel, yet you also know that if there are no speeding cameras and the music is pumping on the radio and it's a straight line and you feel like, I don't know, Steve McQueen, that I bet some of you would exceed the speed limit. You know it's wrong. But in the absence of a potential punishment, bah, why not? If you don't speed up, it's probably because you simply know that it's safer for you and others if you keep to the limit. 
Somehow you were probably taught via advertising or warning as opposed to punishment. Did it help you pick up the right strategy? Yes, of course it did. So yes, same behavior. However, the cost for Frankie, his family and the dog involved at the holiday park is too sad and too terrible to think about. As trainers, we see that all the time. People will send us videos of them and their dogs or you you look on on social media and you see a lot of pictures of uh, videos of, of children or adults behaving totally inappropriately with dogs. And yes, the dog doesn't bark or or, or growls, um, but definitely doesn't look happy. You know, they might be showing their teeth, they might be yawning, they might be looking away. All of those signs are signs of stress that we should all be uh, fluent with. So um, I beg you to be careful. And you can check my YouTube video about signs of stress in dogs um, and, 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 yeah, and become fluent at talking dog. Some may argue that punishment can be used if your timing is absolutely spot on. But then if your timing is so good, you clearly have a gift. Please use that gift to spot and mark positive behavior in your dogs and reinforce that instead of waiting for them to make a mistake. It can be tough to having a dog and it can be tough to train a dog. And remember, there is not such a thing as a perfect dog. Our dog Bernard is a working progress. Uh, I'm a working progress. Uh, think of all the fantastic things you dog can do. Talking to Fiona over the phone, I discovered that Bambo um, can sing or let's say how uh, happy birthday when everyone else is singing. He's a great listener. He cheers up everyone at Fiona's office on Fridays when he spends the day there with her. Uh, he apparently also helped a few people who were scared of dogs go over their fear. Um, and she also said that he was great at getting guys' attention. Uh, or in other words, I said to her, just a perfect wingman, really. Um, so so what's a bit of cheese? Give him a glass of wine to go with it for crying out loud. Um, that's it for now, really. That's all I wanted to talk about. But there's quite a lot of stuff to think about. Uh, Fiona, thank you again for sharing uh, your story, your problem. I think it was really helpful. I know you're already in the right direction, especially now that you can uh, understand your dog's uh, body language better uh, and manage his environment better for a few more years. Lastly, I will leave you with a joke that um, a very, very, very young uh, client of mine, I think Alex is uh, five or six, uh, told me the other day. What does a Dalmatian say when you scratch him? Ooh, that's the spot. (laughs) Right, that's it for now. That's it for me. Next episode, I will welcome Kara, aka Vet in the City, uh, back and she will tell us about neutering. Uh, so please join us again in a couple of weeks. And remember, whatever you have planned for the rest of the day, please remember to be and remain your dog safe place. <laughs> <laughs>